Hello, Do You Even Blog listeners. This podcast is sponsored by me. That's right. The digital doors to online impact are opening up this week only. That would be November 9 through November 13 and will not be open again until October 2021, a year from now. So, Online Impact is my private membership community for bloggers and podcasters and online biz entrepreneurs where you will get access to all of my courses, literally every single one, all of my tools, mastermind group matching, quarterly workshops, live calls with the community, way more stuff. That's what you'll get, but here's what you'll be able to to do. Grow more and grow faster. Stay on top of your learning with new ideas. And more importantly, I would argue, feedback on your strategy, feedback on your ideas, questions answered, accountability to implement said learning, and stay responsible for building the business you want to build faster and with less headache. I 100% guarantee that. $5,000 worth of value in the courses and tools alone. Yours this week only for 50 bucks a month. So come join us. It's open this week only. Learn more at onlineimpact.co. That's onlineimpact.co. Now on with the show. Hello, Do You Even Blog listeners. This podcast is sponsored by me. That's right. The digital doors to online impact are opening up this week only. That would be November 9 through November 13 and will not be open again until October 2021, a year from now. So Online Impact is my private membership community for bloggers and podcasters and online biz entrepreneurs where you will get access to all of my courses, literally every single one, all of my tools, mastermind group matching, quarterly workshops, live calls with the community, way more stuff. That's what you'll get, but here's what you'll be able to, to do. Grow more and grow faster. Stay on top of your learning with new ideas. And more importantly, I would argue, feedback on your strategy, feedback on your ideas, questions answered, accountability to implement said learning, and stay responsible for building the business you want to build faster and with less headache. I 100% guarantee that. $5,000 worth of value in the courses and tools alone. Yours this week only for 50 bucks a month. So come join us. It's open this week only. Learn more at onlineimpact.co. That's onlineimpact.co. Now on with the show. Do it to build a community. That is the quickest way to grow. It does take time, but if you're not feeling that love, like maybe the blogging thing is... We need to get traffic. We need to get a lot of traffic. You wake up and you're not getting as many downloads as you want. Or selling your readers you're going to make a fraction of the amount of money that you make. Reach an audience of $100,000 a month. For me, like it worked because I just kind of outlast. Take the risk of putting yourself out there and be unique and be unique. This is not a blog. This is a business. I'm Desiree Ojek. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper. I'm Tanya from Our Next Life. Nick True. I'm Jessica Moran. I'm Monica Louise. I'm JD Rock, and you're listening. You to- are listening, and you're listening to the Do You Even Blog podcast. Hello, bloggers, and welcome to the Do You Even Blog podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Pete's Scratchy Voice. That's right. I am not Pete McPherson, but I do even blog. My name is Nick True, and I'm standing in for Pete today while he rests his voice and fights back his sickness. And that was uh, that was my best Pete impression for the intro for this podcast. So uh, there's that. But today I want to talk with you about something similar to what I talked about last time I was on this podcast. It's something that I'm super passionate about, and that is building relationships. Specifically, 
actually building relationships by doing freelance work for people who are doing the things that you want to do. So let's just jump right into it. About 10 months ago, I was finally able to leave my nine to five and start freelancing full time. Now, freelancing was not the long term goal, and it still isn't the long term goal for me. It's just a step in the process. But when I first decided to leave my day job, I did start a blog, and rather than trying to build that blog and audience to build my business, I started out by trying to get freelance work based on the work I was doing with my blog. Now, let me explain why I think that you might want to consider going this route. So the first reason that I did this was because freelance work brings in larger amounts of money in the door quicker. My very first freelance client signed a contract with me for $4,500. Yes, the first dollar I made on my blog was $4,500. Now, you may not be like me. You might not be in such a rush to leave your day job. I really didn't like my day job, and I wanted to work remotely doing marketing stuff full-time as fast as possible, and I figured out that freelancing would basically get me there the quickest. Now, the second reason that I think you should consider freelancing, especially for people that are doing the stuff that you want to do, is actually more important than the first reason, and that's to build relationships with those key players. My first few freelance gigs were admittedly not with anybody particularly special. At least they weren't doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. I was able to do blog work for them, so that was fun, but they were still just small kind of one-off projects. However, over the past year, I've been able to transition from five or six clients down to two clients that I work with solely, and both of these clients are running businesses very similar to what I want to be doing long term. See, right now, in addition to running my own personal finance site, I do marketing work for FinCon, which is the financial media conference, and you've probably heard about them a lot if you listen to this podcast, and then also the Speaker Lab with Grant Baldwin, which is a company that teaches people how to get booked and pay to speak. I know that one day when I'm running my personal finance site full-time, I want to host some live events as part of my business, and I also want to get paid to speak. This fits perfectly with what both of these guys are doing, plus I genuinely like these guys. Like I, I consider them friends. I enjoy hanging out with them and working with them. And those relationships that I'm building right now, not only with them, but with the people that I'm able to meet because of them are going to be massive for my business long term. It seems like every single week I'm getting introduced to new people as a part of my job. I'm making new friends in the industry that I want to be part of, and I'm building deeper relationship with key players in this industry. And all of that has been accelerated because I'm getting to work with these two guys. Part of my strategy for building a business has always been to build meaningful relationships with people regardless of whether or not I could see how things would pay off in the future. I certainly couldn't have predicted where I am now just a year and a half ago, but blindly, I believe that if you build authentic relationships with people and you work to help them, it will come back to you. Now, of course, this isn't to say that you should only do things for people that you expect to get something in return from. Obviously, that that doesn't work. That's a garbage way to do something. That's what I mean by the authentic part when I said earlier. When building these relationships, you have to actually expect nothing in return, even though that's exactly the thing that leads to getting something in return. I know it's kind of a weird little circle, but that's the way it works. Anyways, I'm about to share a couple of tips for how to do this if you would like to pursue this route. But real quick, I just want to drive this point home. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to get featured on a big-name finance YouTube channel that wouldn't have happened without meeting this guy through Grant. I wouldn't be hosting this podcast right now if I hadn't met Pete at FinCon, and arguably I wouldn't have met him if I wasn't working for FinCon at the time. I recently got asked to be on one of the biggest personal finance podcasts that's going to be later this summer as a direct result of a relationship that I wouldn't have made if I wasn't working for FinCon. And I wouldn't have gained the recent spike in traffic to my Alexa flash briefing if it wasn't for a relationship that I built through working with Grant. 
These are just some of the most recent examples. But if you're not sold on relationships being a key part of building your blog, then go download the Community Made podcast right now with Jason Gaynard and listen to the first couple of episodes from the most recent season. I think your mind will be changed. That, hands down, is my favorite resource for building relationships. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you are seriously missing out. But let's get into the actually how to do this. How do you actually build these relationships with people that you want to do work for? So the first thing that you want to do is identify the people that you would most like to work with. It seems simple, but that's actually the first step. How do they fit into what you want to be doing and what skills can a person like you offer them that they're actually hiring for? This means actually sit down and write down specific names of people or companies that you want to work with. You may not ever be able to work with these specific ones, but when you get a clear picture of the type of work you want to do with the type of people you want to do it with, it's going to help you find those people. Think about it just like in blogging. You need to know who the audience is if you're going to write content for them. And that's the same thing here. You need to know who the audience is that you're trying to do work for. I know that I wanted to run an online business centered around content marketing that sells courses, hosts live events, and also allows me to speak regularly. So that led me to knowing the types of people or companies that I would enjoy working with. And it should be noted that I've applied for a lot of jobs and positions with companies that I didn't get. Ramit Sethi from I Will Teach You To Be Rich and then Fizzle both come to mind as companies that I applied for freelance work with and I didn't get. Now, you probably won't get everything that you go after just like me, but if you're clear on who it is that you want to work with, eventually something will come along. All right, so number two. Number two is to go to conferences where these people are and try to start a relationship. Then stay on their radar. Now, I should preface this one with don't be creepy and don't fanboy or fangirl them. Jason Gaynard, actually, from the podcast I mentioned just a second ago, talks about this and talks about the importance of acting like you belong. If you go crazy over somebody and ask for five million selfies, he or she will probably subconsciously think of you as not being on the same level as them. And if you want the opportunity to hang around them or work with them, then you need to act like a normal person the first time that you meet them. Now, you can absolutely introduce yourself, say you're a fan of what they do, really enjoy their work, you know, thank them, and, and make an exit before you take up too much of their time. I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of that, and that's what I did the very first time that I met Grant. You just don't want to go overboard with that. Now, after you have met them in person, hopefully you made a good or at least not a bad first impression. And next, you want to actually stay on their radar. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's just simply being around. This means replying to emails and being on their email list. It means entering competitions that they hold on their website. It means commenting on on blog posts or videos or podcast episodes or tweeting about it or just replying to them on social media. Or if they've got like a Facebook group, then, you know, getting really involved there. If you were trying to connect with Pete, for instance, then you would probably go join his free Do You Even Blog Facebook group and get involved in the Facebook group. I guarantee that he would take notice and start recognizing your name if you did that. For example, I made a point to stay on the FinCon radar and PT's radar after my first time at FinCon. He actually ended up hosting a competition when he launched his podcast a year and a half ago for leaving reviews on the show. I was able to actually win that competition, which led to an interview on his podcast. And then two months later, he hired me as a freelancer to help with some marketing work. Now, I will say, if you're serious about doing this, it's probably best to actually create a spreadsheet and track this stuff. I have a simple document that 
I use that has all of the names of people that I'm trying to build a relationship with on the left-hand side, and then it has the quarters of the year on the top. And I just put a simple X in each square when I've somehow interacted with that person once a quarter. This could be as much as an email if, if we're really close already, or as simple as a, a blog comment or a reply on Twitter. I do typically try and get them to respond though. So even if it's just a simple you know thanks from them, then that's fine. But I do try and get them to respond. The big idea here is that you just want to you know make yourself known. You want to be around. The goal here is that whenever you go to pitch them or actually apply for a freelance gig, that they recognize your name and face and have positive memories associated with you. That's the key. All right, so number three. Number three is empathy. Empathy is the game. You've got, you've got to learn it. You've got to use it everywhere and always. Now, no matter when you interact with them, no matter where you interact with them, you want to use empathy. And what I mean is you just want to make a point to think about them and put yourself in their shoes. Now, I know Pete's talked a lot about this on past episodes about how to connect with influencers through sending emails or cold email people. So, you know, definitely listen to him when it comes to that kind of thing. He's great at that. But when it comes to in-person conversations or, or social media interactions, always be thinking about them. It's the same exact principles. What do they want? How can you help them? How can you focus the conversation on them? You always want to be looking at that because you got to think most of these influencers, when they meet somebody like you and I, who, who maybe look up to them, who maybe followed them for a while, most of those conversations tend to be you know pretty one-sided or selfish. People walk up to them and they start bombarding them with all these kind of questions about what they could do to make their site better or what they could do in their business or what they could do over here. And, and it's all about them or they're trying to introduce themselves and really impress them. What you want to do is actually talk about you know, the other person. You want to talk about them. You want to make them feel good. Uh, and you want to make yourself stand out in that way. So putting yourself in their shoes is, is absolutely critical for all interactions, especially when you go to pitch yourself. Now, whenever you do interact with them, I would also encourage you to actually write down a few notes afterwards. You know, obviously don't do it right there in front of them, but, um, you know, after the conversation, whether whether it's in person, maybe you can slip off to the bathroom and, you know, and, and then uh, write a few things down that way, or if it's online, it's you know obviously very simple. But take a couple of notes about what you talked about and maybe a couple of highlights. Hopefully, maybe you were able to find out something personal about what's happening in their life, something about maybe their kids or their family or, or something well that's going on in their business or some big project that they have coming up that they're working on. Just try and figure out anything that could be very specific to that conversation and add it to that spreadsheet that I talked about. And then this way, when you ever run into them again, maybe at another conference or down the road, you can actually bring up what you talked about last time, remind them of it, and just ask them how it's going. And that is going to be huge for them having you know positive memories about you and your face and associating it with you. All right, so uh, tip number four is to give without expectation. Now, I, I hit on this earlier, but it bears repeating. See, at my first FinCon, I volunteered for multiple slots, and I actually showed up early to the event and helped them put together those like little welcome bags that they make. I simply made myself available, and I made myself be around the FinCon team. I didn't expect anything. I just helped. I really didn't even talk to PT much that year. I, I really don't remember having very much of a conversation with him at all, but I know that he saw me around and I know he saw me being helpful and just kind of being there. 
And then after the conference, I got really involved in the Facebook group and just started, you know, replying to people and interacting with other folks in the group. And then I actually started replying to emails every now and again. You know, obviously not, you know, this was not every week applying to emails, but just every now and again, every so often, you know, I would reply to an email that he would send and try, you know, and have something thoughtful to say. And so he knew exactly who I was, or at least vaguely was aware of me. And so at the time, I wasn't actually even looking to join the FinCon team specifically. You know, I was trying to make a good impression, and I knew that uh, FinCon was <clears throat> important and and PT was important, and and I really liked the guy. I, I wanted to build a friendship with him. I was really just giving because I, I did want to help, and I really do have an interest in live events. So the more that I could help, the more I got to be around and just kind of watch and see how it was done. So that's what I did. But then whenever they announced um, about a year and a half ago that they were looking for someone to join the team inside the Facebook group, when I applied, PT already had a good impression of me. He already knew who I was. He remembered me from the year before and helping out. And that went a long way in you know me actually being able to get that job. All right. So tip number five, the, the last one that I have for you today is to simply play the long game. Now, what I mean by that is you don't know how all these things are going to work out. You you can't predict what relationships are going to be beneficial. You can't predict what relationships are just going to be friendships and maybe not be beneficial from a, let's say, actual business standpoint. <clears throat> but you, you just have to kind of blindly trust that the relationships matter and that it's worth investing time in. See, my job with, with Grant actually came completely out of the blue. Sure, I've I've looked up to Grant for a long time, and we've interacted a handful of times at conferences. I, you know, I made a point to introduce myself a couple times when we would bump into each other, and then we met again at at FinCon in 2017, and I was able to actually sit down and have lunch with Grant and four other guys. And that lunch, again, nothing specific came out of it. I I just tried to listen and have empathy during that conversation, and you know, just kind of be a part of it. But nothing specific came out of that. I didn't walk away with uh with some sort of intense friendship with any of those guys. But randomly, a week after the conference, Grant actually reached out to me. uh, And because he knew I was doing some work with FinCon, and he and PT are friends, he knew that if PT thought I was good, then I was and I was maybe be able to help him out too. So he was interested in seeing if, if I was willing to do some similar work with the speaker lab. And so, you know, as you can see, this this relationship stuff just kind of builds on itself. Once you get that first gig, it can it can lead to a second one. And once you build that first relationship, it can lead to another one. It's it's really amazing to me as I get more and more into this online world how small it is and how everybody just seems to know everybody. You know, every like I said earlier, every single day it seems like I'm getting introduced or finding out about how Grant and PT know this other person who know this other person who know that person. I mean, it's just it's really really funny, you know, it seems like a such a big world out there, but in reality, it's actually pretty small. And so when you build relationships and you focus on building those real relationships, you literally have no idea who that might be, you know, connecting you with down the road. You just you just don't know. Now that kind of brings me to my last thing, which is I really don't know where I'm going to be in two years from now, but I I do know that based on what I want to be doing in like 10 or 20 years from now, that these relationships I believe are going to be instrumental in helping me get there. It's my belief that relationships just matter and people matter, and that if I 
build relationships, you know, authentically and with people. It's one of the best ways for me to grow my blog. And, you know, I just I wish that this is something that got talked about more often in this space. And so that's why I bring it up today. All right, so that's it, guys. Now, hopefully, you got something out of this. If you did, you know, please hit me up on Twitter and just at Nick D. True. I would love to hear what you thought. I would love to hear, uh, you know, your thoughts about building relationships and doing freelance work and kind of anything in that vein. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I wish Pete the best of luck in, you know, getting his voice back. And hopefully, we'll be back to the normal thing maybe next week. See you guys later. Sale